You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. And good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are listening. Welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am Bird. That is Jake. Jake. Some deep sleeper to do. Wild card weekend. We're gonna talk about the head coaching openings, maybe even talk about a little baseball, some Yankees, some Nets for our New York audience. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, my man. Doing well. Weird to be doing this at 12 o'clock instead of at 5, but here no, we are. It feels, it feels really good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it feels quite nice. Yeah, it feels for sure. Quite nice. And I'll be able to I'll be able to end my day. I am working today. So this is this is actually perfect because it, it just fit into a window that I had. And I will be able to end my day an hour earlier. So isn't that lovely? Um, but good. Everything good? Very good, my man. Fantastic. Do we did we enjoy the uh the wild card games this weekend? We had five of them. Of course, we have one one more yeah. to go with the Cowboys and uh and the Bucks. Yeah, you know, just a constant reminder yesterday that both New York teams were playing, of course, mine for of course 13 years without going to the playoffs. But everybody tells me how patient I need to be with this franchise. You know, they're just taking years off of my life and uh just constant pain and agony and you know, just need to be more patient. Maybe in another lifetime we can make the playoffs. Who knows? And I'm waiting for the Cowboys to just win more than a playoff game a year. So, yeah. so <laughs> join, join the club. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, but before we get into NFL, before we maybe get into a little bit of MLB, of course, as we normally do, we kind of half-assed it with the return of, of Deep Sleeper last week because we just had to talk about the challenge. Great program. This, de- this show is dedicated to TJ Lavin and Portland, Oregon. Just a, a, a sensational guy, sensational guy, sensational place. Imagine if TJ Lavin was from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, that it would, would explain just, a know, lot. That would put an exclamation point on things, you know. It it really would. It really, really would. But now we have the legitimate return of Deep Sleeper, and Jake, as we normally do, you you always lead us off. You could lead us off, Jake. What is your Deep Sleeper of the week? My, my Deep Sleeper is Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, what a legend! signs an extension for four years and gets fired from being awful at his job, even though he was awful before this books, a one-way trip to Thailand. And then teams are like, Hey, you want to be an assistant? And he's like, uh, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to Thailand for a year. Have fun. My man, <laughs> like, my what man a knows he's still getting paid. What a absolute legend Cliff Kingsbury is. <laughs> he just, what a guy. Is that, is that what happens when you've just spent almost, Three years working with, well, four years working with uh, Kyler Murray. Is that just what ends up happening? You just want to escape the continental United States so badly. He literally the one fled. place on your mind is to go to Thailand of all places. I know. But what a legend. Still getting paid for the next, what, four years? Yep. They were like, hey, you want to be an assistant? Nope, I'm good. I'm going to go relax somewhere. <laughs> going to go to Thailand. I'm going to go book a one-way ticket. And what a... What a random geographical location. No offense it, to our uh, our listeners from Thailand, but definitely would have picked another place to book a one way ticket to. But absolutely good for, good for Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> absolutely, that could be a seg. That could be a segment that we do. Places that we would rather book a one way ticket to than Thailand. Yeah, or we could do the uh, name the celebrity that's on your mind today. Shout out to the one and only Emilio Estevez. <laughs> you know, we can't forget about him. Uh, we, hey, 
this we we do love Beverly Hills. This is this we is a podcast the for the stars. We we headlined by headlined by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> of all people. What 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 Emilio Estevez film is on your mind today? It's you know maybe the Outsiders. I don't know. I got to say the mighty the mighty ducks for me. The mighty ducks are just can't you know he's Gordon Bombay. That, yeah. that that that's a classic. But yeah, hope he's having a great day wherever he is, Emilio Estevez. And I hope Cliff Kingsbury is, is having the time of his life in uh, in, in Thailand. <laughs> wonder if he got there yet. <laughs> I, I honestly, I what I, I wonder if he was just like in Thailand and a team called him was like, "Hey, you want to be an assistant?" And he was just like, "Nah, I'm just chilling in Bangkok. I'm good." Yeah, but just definitely grew on the legendary status for Mister Cliff Kingsbury. I wonder. I wonder if before the uh, the Rams and this this. I'm going to touch, touch on this shortly. I have another point on top of my original point. I wonder before the, if the Rams hired Mike LaFleur, if McVay wanted to hire Kingsbury. Maybe. And what is And what does that say about Mike LaFleur that a day after he was fired by the New York Jets, the Rams were just like, all right, Mike, let's go. Well, it's all about connections. Sean McVay is really good friends with Matt LaFleur. Well, the, the the band, the, the band, McVeigh, LaFleur, LaFleur. Uh, Mike McDaniel. LaFleur was the Jet. Let me tell you something, man. The Jets have had a lot Jan. of bad. Yeah, yeah. But the Jets have had a lot of bad offensive coordinators in my lifetime. He was up there. He was, he was really bad. He had to go. I mean, I think honestly, they probably didn't do him much of a service by not having somebody with play calling experience. They were like, hey, rookie quarterback, rookie play caller, rookie head coach. What could possibly go wrong? But yeah, but it's all, it's all about connections, man. Adam Gaze or Mike LaFleur? It, I mean, Gaze is the worst one, but Gaze wasn't a coordinator, though. Like, I'm t- I, like honestly, I think Brian Schottenheimer was wasn't, way wasn't better Wasn't he than the him. play caller, though? He was the play caller, but he wasn't the offensive coordinator, so I guess I didn't lump him in. But, yeah, Gaze was was awful. But, like, Jeremy Bates was better. Um, Marty Mordenweg, I thought, was better. <laughs> like, we're talking about some bad coordinators yeah. that I thought did a better job because LaFleur had good players. He just And he did better last year with less. It, it was weird. It was a weird year. That it, it, it's it's hard for an offensive coordinator to really call a game. I think too when the quarterback just stinks. Yeah, but I listen. I'm I'm encouraged by the uh, names that we've been, uh, you know, that I've heard most affiliated with the Jets job and the names that we're going to be reaching out to in the coming days. It's encouraging. Just you know, hopefully they're trying to sell them on taking a swing at a veteran quarterback. I think it's going to be Derek Carr. If Derek Carr wants to come to the Jets, that is, but I think that's who they're gonna definitely try and get. And I think I think I think that's fine. Um me Derek personally. Carr's a, Derek Carr is a top 13 quarterback. I can't you can't name me 13 quarterbacks that are not better than Derek Carr. I hey, hope shout I'm out, that shout out to Adam. Adam may finally get his wish. Derek Carr, his guy on the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets the Jets were playing yesterday if Derek Carr was on their roster this year. Oh, absolutely. The Jets were playing yesterday if they had Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I I don't want Jimmy. It's always Why? hurt. It's always hurt. He's always hurt, but the Jets are a good enough team where if you get a competent enough backup in there, and if it's gonna if it's but gonna Mike be White? Zach, if it's gonna no, be Zach, Zach I mean, Wilson's done. It but it'll be, be. I think they're gonna sign Mike White to be the backup. But why do I want Garoppolo? Like he's always hurt. Like Derek Carr could be the, the quarterback for like the next like four or five years. Like what does Garoppolo got? You know, like. And I feel I would, like with Derek, I feel ahead, like with Derek Carr, I feel like there's a gear to his game that may not have been discovered yet, if that makes sense. Where 
You see what I'm saying? Because listen, all, he's had five different head coaches with the Raiders. He they freaking moved the franchise on him. Like, you know, he he's been through a lot of turmoil. You know what I'm saying? Well, he could have he could have uh two head coaches with the Jets if the if this season doesn't go yeah, well for the Jets, I, you could have I'm another not, head coach in there next year. But it, it really, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like Derek Carr could be there could be another element to his game that has not been discovered yet, if that makes sense. I really do. Like, he could be kind of what Matt, what Matthew Stafford was to the Rams to a much lesser degree. Where he's tricky, he's tricky because I think Stafford, Stafford, you knew could win the Rams games. I don't know if Derek Carr is a guy Derek that wins Carr. the Jets games. Oh no, that's that's bro. This guy took the Raiders to the playoffs last year with Rick Bashia as the head coach. I mean, he took he, he got the Raiders into the playoffs because Brandon Staley helped them get there, which we'll, yeah, we'll but talk he, but about he was Brandon in a position, Staley. Though. He was in a position though, but that throw he made to Hunter Renfro against the Colts that he's made a lot and most fourth quarter comeback since Derek Carr has entered the league has been Derek Carr. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying not he's Tom Brady, not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to lose you games. But that's why I want Derek Carr. I think that Derek Carr, there is an element to his game that has not been discovered yet. Whereas with Jimmy G, we kind of know what he is, if that makes sense. And also, Jimmy G's not better than Derek Carr either. He's not. Hmm. I don't think so. I do. I, I do. Not Close. at all. Not Close. at I mean, all. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G took a team to a Super Bowl. Jimmy G has played played with the two smartest coaches in the entire league. Bill Belichick, Kyle Shanahan. Derek Carr has played for five completely horrific head coaches. John Gruden is a horrific head coach? He's pretty horrific. He's a great guy. He's a good guy and all, but like he's a great you know, guy. He was pretty bad though with the Raiders. Like you know, he's drafting like Alex Leatherwood in the first. No, round. that was Mike. That was Mike Mayock. I think he was the smartest asshole in the room. Yeah, I mean, John Gruden was was pretty bad. Like you know, yeah, John yeah. Gruden. That was a disaster with 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 the Raiders. I would love to see him get another opportunity. If, if, he did. If, listen, if Mike McCarthy, note. if Mike McCarthy were to get fired, if John Gruden would become head coach of the Cowboys, would I complain? No, I wouldn't. Nah, yeah. One last note, though, with Derek Carr. I think Greg Olson would be a great fit with Derek Carr. Had his best years with the Raiders with him running the offense, and they just decided they, – that was the biggest downfall of the Raiders. They should have ran it back with the same coaching staff, not get Josh McDaniels in there. Agreed. Like, honestly. I don't know why they didn't just say Rich Passaccia. Okay, here you go. But now Rich Passaccia yeah, is in keep, the playoffs keep, either. And keep the whole coaching staff, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. What a shitty owner Mark Davis is, and he's broke too. That's why he's not firing Josh McDaniels. I mean, well, I would have fired him. I can't. He can't. I mean, I don't know if he's if he's paying John Gruden. We had this conversation before. I mean, I don't know if he's paying John Gruden. I would highly doubt it. But he can't. He can't fire Josh McDaniel. Zuh. No, he can't. He can't. They're he, stuck he with absolutely him. cannot. And I knew that was going to be a terrible hire too. Yeah, well, we got to see what they do with uh, with with the quarterback position. Who they who they bring in? Who's going to be that starting quarterback? Or if it is going to be Jared Stidham, and may God have mercy on their souls. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. I do think it's going to it. The Brady one makes a lot of sense, and then if that's the case, they bring in Brady. Brady gets paid nothing on base salary, makes it all on incentives. Um, they have all the cap space in the world because of it, and they are bringing in veteran guys on cheap one, two year deals to really shore up, shore up that defense. And the Raiders automatically become a 10 win team next year, just because of it. I don't know about that. That division's pretty stacked, but Jets Raiders Sunday night football week one, Derek Carr 
back at the Death Star against Tom Brady? Says no. Me. That's a juicy game. Me, because the only thing I would want to see is Devontae Adams. That's about it. Devontae Adams versus Sauce Gardner. Wow. That's tasty. That's, that, that's, that's, a, tasty a, tasty, that's a tasty little matchup. Yeah, for sure. All right, deep sleep, deep sleeper of the week. Uh, I'm gonna give, give a very special shout out to uh, to individuals that mean a lot to me. That bring out my my absolutely worst side and bring out my absolutely best side. That is uh, the Arsenal, the Arsenal Football Club, defeating Tottenham two 0 in the North London Derby on Sunday. Absolutely beautiful people, great football club. I love this team and fantastic stuff. Now to the to the real part that I wanted to bring up to uh, to to you, Jake. Tell me if this makes sense. Tell me if this in in your brain, in your limited in your limited knowledge about the football, if this makes sense to you. So there was a player that was being heavily courted by said Arsenal. He is from the Ukraine, Mihalo Mudrik. You know the story of Chelsea, correct? How they were owned kind by of. Mr. They were owned by Roman Abramovich, who is Russian, Russian, Russian oligarch, best friends okay. with our good buddy Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin. Yep, yep, our and, good friend, and, good good friend of ours on the mailbag. But not Stan Kroenke. He owns Arsenal. Stan, yes, very good, very good. Yes, Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal. I only Stan. know that because I, I remember when they tried to. I didn't they try to like remove him as the owner of Arsenal at yes. one point? Yes. Yeah. Yes, but Stan Stan doesn't run it. Josh does his son. Okay. Josh Kroenke runs it. Josh, I think. Josh, I think operates two of their several franchises. I believe Josh also runs the Nuggets. And Imagine not Stan. your dad just buys you. He's like, here's a sports franchise. Well, he bought he bought them, but Josh is like the CFO or something like that of the company. But because they have so much, so many assets to manage, I guess, Stan's just like, here you go. Here, here to your two teams, run them for me. Yeah. And, no, I can't. and he he makes he makes all of his all of his money from uh from their holding company. So brilliant if you ask me. But so this player decides to join Chelsea knowing their ties to Russia and all of that, you know, the, the things that are going on between Russia and the Ukraine currently. And yeah, it doesn't that really leaves a, a very sour taste in my mouth. Granted, it's not Abramovich that owns Chelsea anymore. It is Todd Bowley, the part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, that is literally owning Chelsea like he's playing career mode on FIFA and just throwing money around like it's going out of style. But yeah, no, that 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 doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, it's not morally correct, but. And then, but then to cover it up, to cover it up, part of the transfer was agreeing that Shakhtar, the, the club that owned this player, Mudrik, would donate a portion of the proceedings to Ukrainian soldiers and their families. I'm going to lose a lot of sleep over this, man. I really am. I, 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 I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> You're looking very yeah. emotional. Um, that's interesting. You learn something new every day. But up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Eight points clear in the Premier League. Love the fellas. Oh, and then, and then at the end of the match yesterday, you'll get a kick out of this one. 
nice little pun I did there, and you don't even know it yet. The At the end of the match, the goalkeeper of Arsenal, who was getting a ton of stick from the, from the Tottenham scum supporters, was getting a ton of stick. Their striker came up to him and was telling him off very kindly. There was a steward that got in the way of the, the two of them. He went to go get his water bottle, and there was a fan that decided to come out of the crowd, boot Aaron Ramsdale, fucking kicked him, the goalkeeper for Arsenal, and then scurried back into the stands. And there was a full-on brawl at the at the end at the end of the match. You really don't get the stuff in professional sports. In America, no, like we get sports. we get our usual like our, our crowd, or you know the guy that we get our usual streakers. Like and we, we get, get like the invade the pitch. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, in the in the U.S., we don't get anybody that's that's violently going after players. No. So no. I saw I saw that. I'm just like, what what bunch of scum? And then the uh, the the club Tottenham because it was it was at their ground issued issued a statement saying that the fan whoever did it uh, to turn themselves in, they had 626 people that said that they did it. Shows you nice. shows you the quality of those people. They stick together. They're scum. They're scum. Forever scum Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. All right. What do you want to do first? You want to do Black Monday? You want to do Wild Card? I think, I think Wild Card. Wild Card. All right, we'll do Wild Card. So let's go through all the games, shall we? We got five of them. Uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks. 49ers win this one 41 to 23. Uh, first half was good. First half, first was, half good. was really good. Yeah, super competitive. I was really shocked. And then the 49ers decided to wake up and play football in the second half. What do you think how it's going to unfold with the 49ers, not just for this year and then for the future? Do you think Purdy is the quarterback for them it's a really of the future? One. It's a really tricky one because they had that they spent that high first round pick on Trey Lance. So it's yeah, like what traded do you a lot. really do? Yeah. Listen, if I ran the 49ers, man, I think I'm going to roll with Purdy. I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of think you have to. I think you kind of have to. Like, I think you can get, like, a second-round pick for Trey Lance, too. I think somebody would trade something decent for him. If you're the New York Jets, would you trade a second-round no. pick for Trey Lance? No, the Jets, need a, the Jets need a guy that's a proven commodity. Established. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. What if but you're... Like the, the, a team like... I'll give you a couple teams that I think would be interesting. Um, The Texans. The Colts. The Colts, Yes. I think the Colts are kind of tired of the whole trading for quarterbacks, though. I think they would like to draft somebody from the college ranks. Yeah, that but makes they, sense. They, they've also settled on on quarterbacks that are 35-plus. Yeah, but Carson Wentz was kind of of the mold, if that makes sure, sense. Sure, sure. Could okay, be a franchise fair. guy. How that's about fair. the Raiders? If they don't land Tom Brady, would make some sense. Sure. Um, A team like, I mean, hell, even Patriots aren't happy with Mac Jones. I could see it. Tennessee Titans makes sense. I, that was the one that was literally on the tip of my tongue. Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Yeah. Oh, there's, my there's, God. There would That's be a, a market for Trey Lance. There's going to be a market for him, and I think there's going to be a market for Jordan Love, too, if Aaron Rodgers comes back. I don't know if they would I don't know if they would do it because it seems like they're very satisfied with Jared Goff, but if they want Jared Goff's succession plan. What about the Lions? Yeah. They seem very satisfied with him, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Atlanta's a really good shot. Maybe the Saints they could Ooh, use a the Saint, the Saints a really good one. The Saints, uh Carolina. Yeah, there's Carolina's teams, really good one. The Commanders, there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks, man. There, yeah. I, I think I can name ten teams that I could see having a different quarterback next oh, year. Oh, easily. Pretty crazy. 
Easily. I, mean, I would roll with Purdy, though, if I'm Kyle Shanahan. What What about the Patriots? Uh, again, they make sense. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think you have to roll with Purdy. I do, too. I do, too. You have to. I mean, is it Maybe possible? sign Garoppolo is, is it... back on, on a one-year deal. I don't know. But Jimmy probably wants to play. No, I, I, I think I think Jimmy I think Jimmy is as good as gone. I think it's maybe really sign Matt Ryan if you're Kyle Shanahan as the backup. You could. You could or you go into the season with both of them. You go into the season with both of them and you have you have Trey Lance be the guy to start. And if no. Trey Lance stinks up the joint, he's he's gonna be on the shortest leash of all time. I think you have to go with Purdy to be the guy. I mean it depends on the season finit. If they go to the Super Bowl with Purdy, how is Purdy not your guy moving forward? It, Purdy, Purdy to me is like what the Patriots had this year with Bailey Zappi, where Zappi oh. was the th- was the thing for like a couple of weeks, yes. and then Mac Jones comes back, and then Mac Jones, you know, was just Mac Jones, and the fans all want Bailey Zappi, and then Bailey Zappi gets a look, and he wasn't good. It's different though because Purdy is good. This is the playoffs too, right? Right. I I, I want to see Purdy. Purdy, it's it's gonna be very very fascinating when Purdy is going up against either Brady or the Dallas defense, whomever whomever it is. I think the Niners are gonna be both. I think the Eagles are the tough test, man. Going to Philly for a championship game in the freezing cold, I think that's the test. Yeah, I think that could be that could be the test. Even even though I I, I do think the Giants can win that game. No way. No way. No way. Oh, we'll get there. In a I think okay. I think the Giants are going to meet their match. We're going to get there in a minute. Um, because I do have some things to say about the New York Football Giants, but the, at 49ers defense, it's it's the best defense that is in the NFC. And the second half, they clamped down. And once Geno, once Geno had that fumble in in the red zone, it was over. It was over. Yeah. it was, it was game Gino, match from there. You think Geno's back with the uh, Seahawks next year? Yes. Long-term deal or the franchise tag? Um, I think if they're smart, they work out. They work out a not a super long-term deal, like a five-year deal. But if they are working out a two or three-year deal where they're paying him twenty-five, thirty million a season, I think that's fine. It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money, but that's the going rate for a starting quarterback now. I would franchise tag him. I think they're going to franchise tag him regardless. But then if, yeah. you, if, you, if you can work out a long-term deal with him where you're getting – like if the, if the Seahawks are going to pay him three years and $90 million, let's just say where they're, it's a flat rate of $30 million a year, and then you allow yourself a couple of seasons to draft your that starting, that starting quarterback for the future, and then you start looking at that potential next guy in year two of Geno – and then you kind of work the transition to happen in like year three of that of that Geno contract. Then I think I think that's fine. It's interesting because Pete Carroll doesn't have a ton of seasons left, so it's like, does he want to make a big swing at a quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if he's in the if he's in the business of drafting a quarterback succession. No, no, I don't think he is. But I also think that John Schneider is. And yeah, what John Schneider John Schneider has given himself endless protection. By doing the Russell Wilson deal and getting the package that they got for Russell Wilson, it it kickstarts their retool. It's not a rebuild. A it's not a rebuild. What they what they did this year by getting to the playoffs was borderline miraculous. That they were that yeah. they were able to do it. And it's a reflection of John Schneider. It's a reflection of Pete Carroll. 
It's a reflection of every single coach, player, staff member on the Seattle Seahawks. They had an unbelievable season. The fact they got smoked in the wild card game by the 49ers, who were expected to be there. I, I don't think that is any that's no that, that's not damaging to the Seahawks at all. Nope. So they had an unbelievable season. They can keep their head held high. And now they have they have a top five pick and they have a pick now in the twenties that they can use to continue to improve on what they have. They need help on the offensive line and they they still could use a game changing piece on defense. And I, I I do wonder and we're we're Far away on NFL draft coverage, and I know Jake that is your favorite time of year. But I, I wonder if potentially that they, if they decide that maybe if they can get a Will Anderson to fall to them, oh my good god, yeah, or Jalen Carter, or Jalen Carter, yeah, either or, they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get one of them. I do too, and and it, that would be a game changer for that defense. Agreed. And that would be an absolute game changer for that defense. And then what they do with the pick in the twenties, they could they can go and they can take an offensive lineman. Boom, done. Yeah. No, they're in a great spot for sure. They're in a fantastic, fantastic spot. And that in that defense too, that defense overperformed on every level. Yes. So good, no good for no them. Good, that. good, good for Seattle. But the 49ers are moving on to next week. And they will be hosting, of course, the winner of Dallas and Tampa, which will be airing on Monday night. All right. Let's get to the game we'll probably spend the most time on. The Chargers and the Jaguars. Chargers were leading 27 to nothing and end up losing 31 to 30. Got to get rid of Brandon Staley. Let's, let, let's talk about the Jaguars first. Let's talk about the Jaguars okay. first because the Chargers, we're going to be spending about probably 20, 20 minutes just talking about that. Uh, the Jaguars, man, not at all surprised. I picked them to win and... How, how you know? How can you really be that surprised with somebody like Trevor Lawrence? It's finally coming together for him. He just needed a little bit of guidance, and he got that in Doug Peterson. What can you say? A franchise heading in the right direction. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender in like a year or two. Yes, maybe even next year. They're a dark horse Super Bowl team. They, they are. They are. So, I, they get... This year now, I've I've heard people say like, oh, maybe they could be the Bengals from last year. I don't see that with, no, with Jacksonville. No. I don't either, and it's a tough test going to going to Arrowhead now and taking on the Chiefs. But I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked—he looked like he was seeing ghosts in in the first quarter, and then even the second half. The first play of that second half, I I remember it because that's when I said that the Jaguars are winning this game. The first play of the half, they handed it off to Eckler, and it was a four yard loss. The, you had three Chargers that just, uh, three excuse me three Jaguars that completely burst through the line. And they were all gang tackling Austin Eckler. At that moment, I said the Jaguars are winning this game because they just look like a completely different team in that second half. And it wasn't that I thought the Chargers were going to collapse that epically, and it would have been an epic collapse regardless. But it just looked like the Jaguars just found something in that second half. And, and I don't know what Doug Peterson said at half, but whatever he said, it worked. And now they are going to the divisional round. They're going to be going to Arrowhead and. and and taking on the Chiefs. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played his best ball in that second half. He looked absolutely great. ETN was really good. Um, I had a parlay in that game of Austin Eckler, Zay Jones, touchdowns, Evan Ingram, over 39 and a half yards, and the over of 47 and a half, which netted me a nice little uh, 250 bucks. So that was a nice little hit. And, yeah. and thank you. Thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And also, let me tell you about um, Doug Peterson. He had some questionable play calling and questionable decisions in that first half, like that fourth and seven, not kicking the field goal. Didn't understand that one. No, I didn't either. I didn't so, either. It felt like it felt like in the first half they were trying to chase the game a little bit. The Chargers came out firing on all. They levels. were overwhelmed for sure yeah, in, a, in a big way. And then something at half, they changed something up. They tweaked something, and it ended up working for the Jaguars. Now let's get to the Chargers. I mean, this is the Brandon Staley conversation. So let's just fucking have Done. it. Brandon Staley has to go. He has to go. There's no coming back from this. He will be, he'll get a job easily as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. He'll probably work for again with Sean McVay or uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Lord knows they need a defensive coordinator. That's true. Um, so he's done. It, that, that's a position that has Sean Payton's name on it. And Sean Payton pretty much campaigns for the job too on Fox. So um, he'll take it. I, I think that'll be done very, very soon with Sean Payton and Vic Fangio heading to Los Angeles. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And, and, and that is, that is a dream combo of Sean Payton and Justin Herbert. I mean, just, Justin Herbert, the slack that he was taking after the game from, I'm not going to mention any names, so I don't want to give this person clap, but Jake, I think you know exactly who this is. Um, it's not deserved because Justin Herbert's really freaking good. And you get, Justin Herbert, you get Justin Herbert, though, with Sean Payton. Yeah, then you're on to something. Then you're really on to something. And, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that Justin Herbert's gonna be the next Drew Brees or anything. I I think that's a that's a seismic, seismic comparison. But something just, about Herbert, Justin Herbert though. Would Justin Herbert find that next level though with Sean Payton? I, I think he would. There's just something with Herbert where it almost kind of feels like Herbert and Burrow are kind of like Peyton and Brady, if that makes sense. Sure. Like it's starting to feel that way to me. There's where Burrow just has that instinct about him, that killer instinct and that whole edge to him that I don't know if Herbert has. Oh, and Burrow. Peyton was kind of the same way. Burrow was an assassin. And like Brady was. And yes. Peyton was, you know, a really nice guy. He put up tons of numbers. He's he's the stats. He wasn't guy. gonna ruffle feathers. He's the stats guy. Peyton was always that 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 stats guy with a pretty on the score sheet. But you look at the accolades at the end of the day and you say to yourself, okay, that that that's there are a lot of quarterbacks. If you take away the the basic metrics, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are exactly like it. It feels like Justin Herbert to me. Yeah. It, yeah. I I think it's a very fair comparison. Whereas, the Chargers where, franchise just blows leads, man. Crazy. It's it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, you have Joe Burrow, who <laughs> he's He's a favorite. Yeah. He's a favorite. And he's very like he, he's a killer, but he's so incredibly likable. Insanely likable. And there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are great quarterbacks. They're not likable. Herbert Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is very likable to me. Interesting. I think Josh, I, I think Josh I, I, Allen I, not to is me. insanely unlikable. Who? I think Josh Allen is insanely unlikable. Oh, see, I love him. I love the guy. I I, I think he's a, a very big hot dog, if you ask me. Like, oh, I, don't know I love him. I love and him. And then there's – and then, like, who else don't I really love? I mean, hard to really love Tom Brady. He's kind of that guy that everybody hates. Oh, I, now see, I think I, he's see, a, I love Brady. He, he's more likable now than he was in his prime, for sure. Of, of course, because his prime to a was point. kicking your ass twice a year. A lot of people don't love Aaron Rodgers either. Oh, see, I love the man. 
Yeah, I feel like you love everybody. So <laughs> no, that's not, that's <laughs> except not Patrick true. Mahomes. I mean, no, I don't like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that is I mean, that's that's about it. I don't like Kyler. Um, I don't really care. Kyler about rubs him. me the wrong way. I like Kyler Lamar Jackson. Way Zach Wilson's always rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, what do you care about those guys? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about like big time quarterbacks here. Big time. Oh, well, there's only so many that I could go off of. Um, Lamar. Lamar's, I, I guess he's like, eh. Like, he doesn't move the deal for me one I, way or the I other. I feel like Derek Carr is a very likable guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, scrappy. Where, where's his heart in his sleeve? Yeah, I dig that. I dig it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Jimmy guy. I, I, I love him. I don't like him. I think he's a loser. You're out of your mind. I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. You are like, I just out don't of like him. your mind. And I, I never felt, I never really liked Jared Goff either. Oh, see, I've always, I've always criticized Jared Goff for everything. It, he's he more likable now on the Lions than he's, he was on the Rams. Exactly, he is much more likable on the Lions than he than he was in the Rams. I'm not yes. a Trevor. I'm not a Trevor Lawrence guy, even though I was. I was the guy that was still backing him up after last year. Of course, I was too. Yeah, I mean, anybody. I know plenty of people that were already yeah. throwing the towel in on Trevor Lawrence. The guy. The guy went a year with Urban Meyer. I know. Like, I listen. I what are we I, doing? I think. I, and and to be honest, with you, everyone Justin Fields is everybody's darling of their eyes. We'll see. I mean, last I checked, Justin Fields' team is picking number one in the draft this year. Like, Justin, Justin Fields needs to get. They need to get him number one wide receiver. If you look at the numbers with with Jalen Hurts last year and Justin Fields this year, they are almost identical. I saw a lot more from Jalen Hurts, if that makes sense, just from the eye test in terms of throwing the football. And also, I think Justin Fields is always going to have some type of nagging injury about him too. Sure. Sure, I think I think Always. that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't know, man. If I'm if I ran the Chicago Bears, I hate to get off topic. Like I would consider drafting a quarterback. I really would. I would give it a look. I would give it a look. If someone wants to give me like a first and a third for Justin Fields, I also think the and, and you got to look at the at the uh, the clutch gene with Justin Fields. This dude either fumbles or throws a pick on every fourth that's, quarter drive that I've saying. ever seen. Um, well, because when it comes to the fourth quarter, it's like, okay, now it's time to make a big league throw. And he's, you know, I'm saying non-existent, non-existent. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Though. I, mean, I, I want to talk more about Brandon Staley, but what do you get more return out of? Do you get more return out of trading Justin Fields or do you get more return out of trading the, the number one overall pick? You need to outweigh both. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, a general manager here, but if the number one overall pick is a big time quarterback, Say it's, you, say can't it's put, the you can't put a return. Well, say it's I'm the just Colts. saying though. But if the if the number one pick is like a perennial MVP, top five to ten guy, that's that to me that you can't put a value on that. No, but there isn't that guy in this draft though. No, there could be. I disagree. I think I really like C.J. Stroud and I really like Bryce Young. I disagree with you there. I like both yeah, of them a lot the, more I'm than Justin about, Fields. Is there is there a consensus number one pick? There isn't. Yeah, I think it's Bryce Young for right now. I mean, I haven't really. Really look too much into it, but from what I'm gathering and hearing, it sounds like Bryce Young is the consensus number one overall pick. That's what I'm. That's what I'm gathering too. But do the cult do the do the cults do the Bears go in that direction? And if they if they do, buys you time too as a general manager. It buys you time as a general manager. Buys you time as a head coach. But then you you would also have to make the Justin Fields deal way before the draft because you can't you cannot draft. Bryce 
and still have Justin Fields on your roster. No, because I agree with fir- you. That first and third round pick that you could potentially get for Justin Fields, you completely incinerate that. You light it on fire if you draft Bryce Young because everyone in the mother is going to be going to know. Oh, okay, they're they, they're going to trade Justin Fields. All right, let's offer a second round pick for him. Done. Yeah. No, I agree. And not budge. So Brandon Brandon Staley, hundred percent gone. Donezo has to be, and he honestly he should have been gone after last year. He should have been gone after last year when he went. I said that on the remember we were talking about. I'm like I would. Fire we him. both said it. We both said uh, it. Everybody says should, but if for some reason Sean Payton doesn't get the job, another coach that I think deserves another chance for that job. How about Jim Caldwell? If if they're interested in building a program, sure. Yeah. If they are interested in building a program, absolutely. I have yeah. no issue with that. And it's not the offensive coordinator either. No, 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 no. It's it, it's not Joel Lombardi. Um, but I wonder I wonder if one of the moves that they could potentially they could potentially make is to not go offense, to not go um offensive with Sean Payton if they don't get him. Because the stars are aligned in that direction. Well, I mean, I, defense, they went Brandon Staley defensive right, mind. Right. I wonder if they stick with the defensive-minded approach, stick with a younger head coach who is in a system with offensive gurus all over the place with D'Amico Ryans. And I, I wonder like if they that. try and poach somebody from San Fran underneath Kyle Shanahan. That could I don't be, like that. That could be something that they could do. I hate that, actually. In my opinion, you need a coach. I think you need a coach that's coached before. I think that whoever they hire needs to be somebody who's done the job before. A lot like a Doug Peterson with Jacksonville. Interesting. I would hire like Jim Caldwell. Um, Frank I Reich. Would hire Frank Reich. I think Frank. I'm not a big fan of hiring head coaches a year after they've been fired. If that makes sense, I think they need uh, a year. You. I think they need a year to pay their dues as a coordinator, reflect on things, um, maybe take a year off. What about Jim Harbaugh? A Harbaugh would be insane. Uh, I absolutely. I think that's the guy um, that the if, Broncos. If it's not paid, we'll talk about. Yeah, I think I think it should be Jim Harbaugh, and I think Harbaugh takes that job. I think he would. I, I think, think he, he would. would too. I. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of nailed it there. I think those are the three names that I would hire um, for sure. And we'll get into the uh, the non playoff teams that have openings. We'll get into uh, those discussions in just a little while. Uh, yes. The Dolphins and the Bills, thirty four, thirty one. This was a game for a hot minute. Yeah, I think Buffalo just overlooked Miami completely. Yep. And Mike McDaniel gets a lot of slack, man. I think he's a good coach. I mean, there's some things that are a little worrisome. I mean, the fact that they couldn't break the huddle, it seemed like all day was, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know if that's on Mike McDaniel. I think it's just on the relative inexperience of the quarterback in such in such a big spot. And you, well, and you know me, I would love to go after Mike McDaniel for everything, um, but I don't know if that's on him. Well, he did take the blame for the fourth and one delay of game. That was a nightmare. That was because he thought they picked up a first down Yeah, and they had a play call and then they couldn't get it. You know, that's inexcusable to me. That's inexcusable. Yes. But Mike McDaniel had this team playing hard, man. And I mean, they, they, you know, he had Skylar Thompson looking like an NFL quarterback for a decent part of the game. I think there were definitely times where you're like, bro, but Hey, I, and another thing too, Jalen Waddle killed them with drops all day. He looked bad. Yes, he looked he did. bad. I don't know if he was playing hurt or not, but he looked brutal. But uh, yeah, I mean, credit to Mike McDaniel and the Bills. Um, you know, I think they were a little, I think they're a little too happy to be winning that game. I think they should have been, you know, saying to themselves, "We should have killed these guys." Yep. But I don't know, man. 
Um, with with Buffalo, I, it's going to be next week. Will be the best game of the entire playoffs between Buffalo and Cincinnati. You have tons of storylines. Um, I don't know who I'm going to pick in that game, but um, yeah, that's that's how it goes. I kind of am leaning with the home field advantage and taking Buffalo, but it's very. But tough do to I count. really want to go against Joe Burrow? That's what I'm saying. And then also with Buffalo, they and I say this every year with them, they do not have a running game. No, they don't. And you have to run the football if you're going to win. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, it's just like playing defense. You got to play defense in order to win a Super Bowl. You also have to be able to run the football. And every playoffs, I mean, everybody advertises this Bills defense as this great defense. I just don't see it in the playoffs, man. They had their moments. They definitely had their moments. Um, but I, I, I go back to what you said before. Is that I think the Bills completely thought, oh, okay, they're going with Skylar Thompson, a third string quarterback against us. Um, you know, we can kind of coast. And they couldn't, they, they they couldn't. And give Skylar Thompson credit, though. He got his ass kicked all day, should not have been in that game. You know, he was a seventh round rookie. He he hung in there. You he know, held his own. He, he held, held his, his own. own. And I, I and I genuinely think that uh Teddy Bridgewater, his time as an NFL quarterback, that needs to be done. How, how is anybody going to hire him, as a, uh, bring him in as a backup now? He's not available. He takes one hit, and he's going to have an injury. This, is ha- this has happened multiple times this year. No, I think he might retire, honestly. It's just like this football thing is just not working out. No, it's not. It's not. He's made, de- he's made decent money. Go sit on your money and get healthy. Because right now, they they should not have to be in a position where you're relying on a seventh-round rookie that, you're, that you have as your third-string quarterback in a, in a playoff game. That should you know not happen. You know what's really wild? Skyler Thompson was my deep sleeper uh, during the pre-draft quarterback discussion. He was. <laughs> you know, played okay this year. for like, You know, I did say that he was not ready to play it by any stretch, but he had his moments this year for sure. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. I think he'll be their backup at least next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I wonder... I also wonder if maybe they go with uh, another veteran that is like super, super ready to play. Because but, with Tua. Right, because you you don't know. You don't know. And I wonder, I really wonder too, if they really look at Tua and they say that he's not our guy with the Mike McDaniel connects with San Francisco. I wonder if that becomes a spot maybe for Trey Lance. Maybe. And the stars are really connected on that one. I feel like the interest of Tua around the league would be like non-existent. He, he he's just super high risk. He's super, super high risk, high risk. He, he, and the he, reward doesn't necessarily make you want to take that risk. If that makes sense, no, the, the, the the potential return on investment is not great enough. It's no, it's not, not. Like, it's not like at his peak, you're getting a Tom Brady lookalike. No, you know, so it's it it's just not worth the potential risk that you're putting into it. Because I think we can all agree that. He suffers one more big concussion. We're talking serious potential imp- uh, long-term implications on that. Agreed. Agreed. So I d- I don't know if that if that is really worth the potential risk of going out and potentially getting Tua if he if he does become available by for whatever reason. Um, but I do agree with you. I think Buffalo completely overlooked Miami. Uh, good on James Cook for scoring a touchdown. I kind of got the vibe that, and this is more of like a fantasy thing, but I, I kind of got the vibe that the, that the Bills are very kind of set on James Cook being their guy next year. And if that's the case, money, 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 money. 
we'll just need to see for sure. All right, let's go to the Giants and the Vikings. Giants win this one 31-24. Listen, I picked the Giants to win. They did win. And honestly, the, the, I know the scoreline says it was 31-24. to I thought the team that was coached the best was going to win the game, and that is exactly what happened. The Giants put together an absolutely picture-perfect game plan for how you beat the Minnesota Vikings. Short passes, run that clock, drain it as much as you can, don't take too many chances, but if you're going to take your chances, make sure that they're there. Don't turn the ball over. Don't take too many stupid penalties. They were well coached up, and that is on Brian Dayball. He is an unbelievable football coach. The Giants are very likable. That makes me sick to my stomach to say it, but they are. And 31-24, I don't think that scoreline did the game justice. I thought the Giants thoroughly dominated that game the second that offense took the field. The Vikings, of course, they scored in their first drive. Congratulations to them on that. Um, but the second the Giants offense took that field took the field on this on that on their first offensive drive, I was like, yeah, okay, the Giants are winning this game. Yeah, I mean the Giants are definitely a likable team. I think Brian Dable, who I knew was going to be a great coach, and Agreed. um I I don't know how the Chargers didn't hire him for Justin Herbert uh two years ago when they hired Brandon Staley, but whatever. Uh yeah, I mean the Giants, I think one of their coaches could get poached away to be a head coach somewhere else. They're doing that well. This year, I don't think that's um, out of the realm of possibilities. And Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, deserves a ton of credit um, for calling the plays. And really, I mean, Brian Dable is more of a CEO coach than he is running the offense. And uh, you could it just goes to show how coaching goes such a long way. We didn't even think Daniel Jones is a professional quarterback at one point. And here he is now. So uh, credit to the Giants. I just I don't see the Giants. You think they have a shot? I don't. I, I, not I do think they have a shot. I don't think yes, they, they have. I don't think they're going to win. I'm not going to say they don't have a shot, but I don't know, man. I think the Eagles just have. I think it comes to a point where talent and the Eagles are pretty. They're very well coached by Nick Sirianni and company. Yes, they are. Um, in Philly, first playoff game. I think that's an environment the Giants aren't ready for. I think you got to do the same thing that they did against the Vikings, and now the Eagles' defense is eons better than the Minnesota Vikings' defenses. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's necessarily going to work. But I think the game plan's got to be somewhat similar. I thought the usage of Saquon Barkley in this game was actually very interesting. That they really relied on Daniel Jones keeping the ball, not necessarily giving Barkley the the super amount of touches. I think Barkley next week is where they're going to really, really, really lean on him to to get the job done. Because the way you beat the Eagles is is, is kind of the same way that the Giants beat the Vikings to a much lesser extent. But it's got you got to keep that offense off the field. Giants defense grew into the game. It's not an overwhelming, you know, powerful defense. It's a solid defense that'll make you your plays. They won't get you your turnovers or anything. They're a very, they kind of remind me of the Dallas defense from like last year. They're a very bend, don't break defense. They're a game changer or two away from being a legitimate top tier defense. They're not there yet. The, the key for the Giants defense is going to be you have to keep the Eagles very much in front of you because the second that, that the Eagles are getting behind you, it's over. And also the thing with the Eagles is they had two weeks. They have two weeks ready to go and yes. plan for the Giants. I think that's a very underestimated element of this game. I don't know, man. I just think that this is a game where the Giants meet their match. A lot of people think they'll have a shot, but 
just fe- I, you know what I'm saying. It's just a gut feeling, but we'll have to see. That's why we play think, the games. I think the Giants cover that seven and a half. I do. I mean, the hook is interesting, but I I think the Eagles will win this game. I don't want to say convincingly, but I just don't see how the Giants win. If that makes sense, I see how the Giants win. I I, I see it. You try. Jalen Hurts had another week to get healthy. If you win, if you find a way to win the turnover game and you keep that off the Eagles' offense off the field, Giants will win the game. Yeah, but they're a tough uh, defense to move the ball against, though the Eagles. They're a tough. They're a tough defense to move the ball against. But let's also call it for what it is. The Eagles were playing their guys against the Giants. They the Giants benched everybody. Well, the Eagles and the also Giants could kept have been it relatively close. Yeah, but, but the Eagles were looking ahead. The Eagles could have been looking ahead. They could have been overlooking. You can't just say Buffalo was overlooking Miami yesterday with Skylar Thompson. And you know, there's a double standard here. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah, could have I, actually absolutely been the case. Am I the one that's defending the Giants? This is very weird. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't really. It's like not this. that you're defending them, but like it's. That could have been the case. Like that's I'm, not going to make me. You see what I'm, I'm saying? I'm giving here? the Giants more credit than you are. <laughs> it's not that I'm not giving them credit. It's just like when I'm looking at the matching up against the Eagles, like. Or you're giving the Eagles more credit than I am. But potentially, I just think I that think it's, we're it. we're on a collision course between the Eagles and the 49ers for that AFC NFC Championship game. They've been the two best teams all year in the NFC. I could, I just, th- I see it happening in Philadelphia. I kind of, th- I kind of think this is going to come down to the Brady effect. You know, if Brady gets out against Dallas, oh, bro, the Niners are going to embarrass them next week. I, I kind of think so, but then again, Dallas could compete against the Niners. I, I, yeah, I think Dallas would. It's hard though because I don't know if you could just instantly count out Tom Brady in the I month of January. Did, did you see that game against the Bucks this year? Oh, of course I did. They're gonna of get embarrassed. They're they're gonna get embarrassed. Interesting that you think Dallas puts up more of a fight against. I absolutely. I mean, they did last year for sure. That would that game of In Dallas World, versus though. versus San Francisco would be a defensive slugfest. Yes, you have two of the best defenses in the league going at it. Yeah, I think Dallas wins tonight too. I do. I hope you're right. I, I think hope that you're right. Dallas I mean, you wins. know, you know my prediction: Bucks forty-five, Cowboys three. Yeah, but you yeah, know it's my, gonna you be... know my pick. The one blowout of the weekend comes courtesy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I hear you. And then finally, the Ravens and the Bengals. Again, this is the Bengals. They completely underestimated the Ravens. Um, what the hell was Tyler Huntley doing on the, on that uh, to goal situation when he fumbled and Sam Hubbard took it ninety eight yards? What the hell was he doing? <sighs> it's tough. Like, are you really gonna get on Snoop Huntley? A little bit. A little I mean, bit. Listen, I give him credit for keeping them in the game. I do. Because that that should have been a full-on massacre. And it you wasn't. Know, it wasn't. And that, that goes to show you coaching. Coaching yeah. goes a long way. I mean, John Harbaugh kept – that team should not have been competing with the Bengals. I do think the Bengals could have been overlooking the Ravens with Snoop Huntley a little bit, um, particularly in the, in the jungle. But, yeah, I don't know what Snoop was doing there. I really don't. No, I don't know. It's hard for me to really talk about the Ravens. I feel like the focus more on the Ravens, aside from playing football, has been Lamar Jackson. I think that was a big thing with them leading up to this game. Those players didn't seem happy. 
No, and I, I, I really do find it. I know I've said in the past that I'm guaranteeing Lamar Jackson goes back to Baltimore. I still think he does. But after last night, him not even traveling, that is just that that's a huge slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah. It didn't even show up. Yeah. How do you how do you go back into that locker room and be like, all right, guys, I'm here. Fresh bank and new contract. I'm yeah. paid. Everything's good. That's what makes me think, like, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's back with the Ravens next year. I don't know. I'm not saying he's not. Maybe I lean more towards yes than no. But am I a thousand percent sure? No. I was I was about 95% certain about a month ago. You ask me now, I'm like 70% certain. And it's just going down. Yes. <laughs> by, yes. It absolutely 100% is. It just that type of stuff doesn't really sit well with the proud franchise like the Ravens either. No, no, it doesn't. You know, there's they never operate as if somebody's bigger than the team, the franchise, and um, it's interesting because if they're a team that really prides themselves on tradition and the ability to replenish, whereas if they trade Lamar Jackson and get let's just say the same deal that the Browns got or the Browns gave the Texans for Deshaun Watson, what was it like three firsts? Two seconds. Oh, I think they, get, they can get more than that. They can but, get. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure with the injury contract. So okay, and okay. the injuries too to Lamar Jackson. Sure, sure. So yeah. let's say they get three firsts. Just you know, forget everything else. Three firsts are really Baseline, like the headliner. Three firsts. Sure, sure. I think the Ravens can see that as, oh, you know what? We can go get another quarterback and build around him with all these other assets that we have, and we have a great coaching staff, and we develop players. We never pay top dollar for anybody. Mm-hmm. I could I see that. I could also see that too. I mean, it's the circle of life. Go, just go right back here. If they do trade Lamar, take one of those picks that you get, trade it to San Francisco for Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance, or you could take Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Would be interesting in that offense. In that offense, yeah, yeah. I think Greg Roman though will not be back as the offensive coordinator of the Ravens. No, next I year. don't think. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think that's done. And I, I, I kind of wonder if if they do decide to move on from Lamar. If they decide to completely change the philosophy and go with a more pocket-friendly passer, very well. Pot. I mean, like you know, I mean, they have the off- they have first. the offensive line in place. They have the running game in place. They just Receivers. need to figure out what they're going to do with their downfield with their downfield targets. I mean, it would be it would be great for Mark Andrews. It'd be great for Rashad Bateman if you can get a quarterback that can absolutely one hundred percent. Get the ball downfield with a hundred percent certainty. Yeah, you they'd be. Ch- you could change the philosophy of that team on a dime. How about Tom Brady? Sure, they'd sure. be interesting, huh? That'd be very interesting. And that defense, that defense is it, it's 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 gotten a lot one. better. It's gotten better throughout the year. I still I still think that they're missing something. Uh, I think especially at. I, I, I think I they're missing the that dominant. Yes. Defensive line, they're missing something, but they missed Matt Judon a lot. A lot. Yeah. They haven't really replaced that. And OA they, is pretty good. Um, Calais Campbell's getting older. You older, can't really rely on him. him consistently anymore. They I mean, need they, a dominant they, they, edge rusher. They figured it out with the linebackers. Linebackers, they've got it. I think yes. they're, they're missing another piece of the secondary. They're missing something on the defensive line. 
and they're missing their guarantee at quarterback. But I just wonder if that whole, like you said, grow from within, build someone with a with the, and I paraphrase this, the Baltimore Raven DNA that they did with Lamar. I wonder if that's what keeps him there, and they decide to work something out with him long term. But I, but again, and, and, and you said it, and you're 100 right. The the by the day. The odds are just decreasing with me thinking that Lamar Jackson is going to be in Baltimore. And like I said a month ago, I thought that was a stone cold lock. Yep, me too. I thought last last night him not showing up to the game. Period. Uh, that's a smack of the face. And if I'm a, if I'm a Raven in that locker room, I would be pissed. And you could tell Harbaugh has been pissed getting asked about Lamar Jackson too. Oh yes, oh yes. Even even in his even in his interview uh, last night. We were being asked about the quarterback play. He was he was having none of it. He was having none of it. It's interesting. I don't blame him. I, I, I don't blame him at all. It is now, nothing if, if to Lamar, do with him. If Lamar is moved, do you think that this is something that's done before the new league year? Do you think it's done after uh before the draft? After the like how do you like it what would type have of to timing? be done, I think, before the draft. So you think it could be I think it could be done like remember how Devontae Adams was traded last year? Sure. They slapped a tag on him. It was that like the first day of free agency, I think it was. First day of free agency, yep. I, I think it could be something like that um, if they were to move him because we'll see. I mean, we'll see, you know, Lamar's posting things. Now, you know you know how players are. Does he do, Now, does he request a trade? Who knows? I mean, that's always a possibility. The market would be through the roof for him. I mean, a team would give him the deal he wants. It might not be Baltimore. Oh, yeah. But I think somebody would. Yeah, somebody would. Now, it, now – Let's let's play this game. If you're the New York Jets, do you do that? Yes. Yes. You okay. don't think twice about it. You have to take that gamble. I think the Jets, the three Falcons. First, three first round picks you would you would send their way? You, ha- you have to if you're this regime. I you know, uh, uh, drafting you, to, you would have to send Zach Wilson there too, which I don't think is a problem. By all means. Yeah, that's that's um, that's no big deal. The Jets they have to, if that's at all possible. Yeah. Yeah. And since and Cincinnati, anything you want to touch on them? Joe Burrow is Joe Cool. Joe Cool, they'll be overwise. Again, it's all about next week, in my opinion. Yes. I think if they can get past the Bills, I think they're going to the Super Bowl because I think they will Agreed. beat Kansas City again. Agreed. Agreed. And then of course tonight, Cowboys and Bucks. Jake thinks the Cowboys win, and then I think the Bucks destroy the Cowboys. Okay, great. Let's touch on the head coaching openings uh very quickly. Uh let's just do Maybe best fit for each team. Okay. Sound good? All right. So Carolina. Carolina Panthers, they've interviewed at least 15 names that, that I could think of off yes. the top of my head. They, they're including Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Mike Kafka, offensive coordinator for the Giants. Uh, they spoke with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, they spoke with Demico Ryan, Sean Payton. Who, who, who I kind of think that that Dave Tepper, owner of the Panthers, is going to go for a big name. And I think if they can potentially get Jim Harbaugh, I think that's the way they're going to go. Told that's not happening. I don't think it's going to happen either. But if it's they told, can do it, I think no. that's the way they would go. Yeah, I think honestly their best fit is just running it back with Steve Wilkes. I think he did a great job getting the locker room last year with very bad quarterback play. Um, you know, three different quarterbacks, all the turmoil from Matt Rule. I think he's got the respect of that locker room. Trading Christian McCaffrey, I would get, I would let Steve Wilkes have another run at it. I really would. I kind of look at what the Panthers are, are going to do. If, they, if you could tell me that they are 100% going to get a quarterback in this draft, 
and they're going to build with a with a young quarterback. I think if you pair that young quarterback with a young offensive mind, like you have a, to. like a Shane Steichen, Eagles offensive coordinator. A Can I add on Ken- that? What's that? Can I add on that though? Sure, go ahead. I think it needs to be somebody with experience with these young quarterbacks. I think that's what works. I th- feel like the first time coordinator, it doesn't work. Just a hunch. Sure. Sure. But I think what what offensive mind that is has head coach experience? Like, is Frank Reich a fit there? Uh, Jim Caldwell is a fit there. And they did they did interview Jim Caldwell. Yep. They did interview Jim, Jim Caldwell. I think he that's the best fit for I think that team is a perfect fit for Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jim Caldwell makes sense. I think Frank Reich makes sense. If they want to go with the younger guy that build a program there, I got it. Uh, Shane Steichen makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ken Dorsey makes sense. I know Ben Johnson, who's the offense coordinator for the Lions, has gotten a ton of looks given the work that the Lions offense did this year. Um, and honestly, I, I do wonder what happens with, and this is going to be a theme, but if the Cowboys do lose on Monday, I don't know if they're going to fire Mike McCarthy. I have not heard yes. I have not heard no. But if they fire Mike McCarthy and the staff goes with him, then the opportunity to hire a guy like Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn makes all the more sense. To I don't go think ahead. they're going to fi- I don't think they're going to fire McCarthy. Another name with coaching experience that I could think of that I think could warrant another shot at being a head coach. How about Anthony Lynn? Sure. Sure. I don't mind that. Yeah. And he's earned it. He's earned it. And he was loved when he was head coach of the Chargers. Yes. Players loved him. Maybe he gets an. I think he warrants another shot to be a coach again one day. I think he's going to get one too. All right. Let's go to the the Cardinals. It's going to be a head coach that Kyler approves of. Um, I don't know if they've interviewed him yet, but the one that kind of jumps off the page, and we say it every year that he's going to get, that he's going to get getting a job. a job this year. I I think Eric Beniemi makes a lot of sense, but it's not going to get one. No, I don't think he's gonna. Get, I, I don't think he's gonna get one. Period. And we talk no. about him every freaking year. He's exploring he's other job. opportunities to be a coordinator too. Sure. To help his chances get a head coaching job. Sure. To call plays. Sure. But yeah, the, I think the Cardinals would be better off going with the young coach. I don't think they need somebody with experience. Okay, so that's then would it would it D'Amico Ryan's make sense? He would. I think he would, and that defense, that defense needs to work. They they're an interesting spot. They're in a very interesting spot because they they have to. I kind of think that's a team. They're going to tear it down, and they're going to be just going right down to the studs. They could, um, but you have that Kyler contract though. Does it really behoove you to tear it all down? Yeah, but how? But how do you how do you retool that team? How do you it's rework? The, it's the it? NFL. I mean, they're 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 winning half the battle. I think Kyler Murray's a franchise quarterback. I do too. I do too. I mean, you know, I'm, not winning fan, half I'm not the a battle. fan of his, but I, uh, you know, one good draft, man. That's true. You never know. The NFL is a year to year league, and you're, if you have a quarterback, you're you're going to need a coach that's going to go in there and, and automatically is going to get get along with Kyler. Who's that guy going to be? Honestly, I I have no idea. The enemy is um, a very good shout. I wonder, I wonder if maybe Kyler, if they do go a defensive 
route. I wonder maybe if Kyler Murray, I know they've requested an interview with him. I wonder if Brian Flores might get a look for this job. That was the name that I was thinking about. I, I get it. He's had the head coaching experience. I, I don't think you need to have experience for this particular position, but I think Brian Flores would command a lot of respect from the players, particularly Kyler. And it's an interesting spot too, because again, we talked about tearing it down, but but the Cardinals offer, they don't have a GM right now. They don't have a head coach. If you If they're going to bring in the coach before they bring in the GM, that coach is going to have almost total control of everything that happens with that team. So while the, the situation is a little difficult, they're still going to have, I would say, pretty significant personnel control. And I think that helps appeal to potential candidates that may want that job. Can I give you a, a good candidate that I don't think he's interviewed for this position? I, sure. I know he's interviewed for one. How about David Shaw? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. The, the white whale. Well, not anymore. I mean, he's done with Stanford and he interviewed yeah, he's done, he's done with Stanford. Job. He's very available. I think he would be perfect for this position. Yeah. I do too. If he, if he wants to go right back into coaching, yeah, why not? Why You're not? In. Uh, The Colts. This is a full-on, they need a quarterback. <laughs> is Jeff Saturday getting a job? Oh, my God. I, 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 I honestly, if, if Jim... If Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard do hire Jeff Saturday, the Colts deserve every bad thing that's ever happened to them. Honestly. Jeff Saturday. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I mean, Jesus. God. Um, A candidate that I know they have interviewed and I think would actually be a very good fit for this team, a candidate with head coaching experience. Granted, he was a head coach when he was very, very young has done a really good job as Rams defensive coordinator. I think Raheem Morris would be a really good fit for this job. I would like somebody with experience. And let me give you the guy that I think would love being the Colts head coach. Sure. Now with personalities with Jim Ursay, it could be tricky, but how about Jim Harbaugh, man? I mean, that's, that's, that's the one. That's the one to me that would be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. If, if they're going to go the coordinator route, I think, Somebody like a Shane Steichen would make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Do they go um, back and do they, do they take another Eagles offensive coordinator, though? Well, he's working with Nick Sirianni, though, who was in their building before. So maybe, you know. Sure, sure. but Nick Sirianni was also a Frank Wright guy. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so I, guess that, I guess that would make Shane Steichen Frank Reich's coaching tree grandson. Maybe. Um, all right. So if they're going to go the coordinator out, I mean, the enemy would make sense, but to me, it's just, they need a real culture franchise builder mm-hmm. build with the quarterback. There's a lot of bad taste in the building right now. They kind of need like an exterminator in that building in a sense. Yes. To me, that is Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. They need a guy that's going to build a program. And I yes. think you look at what Jim Harbaugh has done with Michigan. He's completely transformed Michigan football. He's fixed everywhere. He, he, yeah, he is fixed everywhere up. He would do that with Indianapolis. The, the personality thing is interesting because obviously they have Chris Ballard there. Chris Ballard has been always very highly rated as an executive. I, I just kind of wonder if Jim Harbaugh is only going to go in there if he's promised some sort of say. 
with Ballard. Because I think if you look at other opportunities that are out there for Harbaugh, he would absolutely get that with the Chargers. He would get that with the Panthers. But I don't know if he would get that with, with the Colts. It's a shame that they it's a shame they already had Jim Caldwell as their coach, but that would be another good spot. I think Jim Caldwell deserves another. I hate to say his name so much and sound like a freaking robot here, but I really think it's a complete disservice how he doesn't have a head coaching job in the NFL with how many bad coaches there are. But I mean, how about, the, how about this one? Uh, yeah, brother. Um, here, here's a good one for you. Let, I want you to think about this one. Sure. How about Matt Nagy? Huh? Experience with Chris Ballard in Kansas City. Yep. Had a year paying his dues back with Andy Reid. I mean, we know Mitch Trubisky stinks, so how much is that really to blame on Matt Nagy? Yeah, it's not on him. Another chance picking a franchise quarterback? Sure. Maybe he gets it right this time. That's an outside-the-box one that I have not heard mentioned at all, but that's that's a really good one. Yes, I think he. I think he's going to be – because what I think is going to happen is the enemy is either going to go somewhere else to be the offensive coordinator or Nagy's going to go somewhere else to be the offensive coordinator. Next year, he's going to be a hot name in the cycle. I could say it, getting another look, getting another chance to be a head coach. Nagy. Matt Nagy, yep. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos. It, One guy for this job. It has to be probably, Dan Quinn. I mean, I was thinking if, if it's not going to be Pey- Sean Payton going to uh, Los Angeles, it would be Sean Payton. But yeah, Dan Quinn makes a lot of sense for this job. A Seattle guy, you could probably bring Daryl Bevel back to be the offensive coordinator with Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I, I think this would be a tremendous hire. I, I think Sean Payton would be making a huge mistake going to the Denver Broncos. A huge completely mistake. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I don't think he's interested in the job. I really don't. No, I don't think so either. I mean, if you look at the names they've that they've interviewed, they're hired. They're they're looking at big names. I mean, they've interviewed Jim Caldwell. They've interviewed Jim Harbaugh, uh, Raheem Morris. They've they are scheduled to interview. Uh, they've done the interview with Sean Payton. They're uh, currently planning on interviewing Dan Quinn. They're going to interview D'Amico Ryans. They've interviewed David Shaw. They're looking at big names for for that job, and that's a, that's a humongous job there because, listen, every, I think everybody knows that I am the most anti-Russell Wilson guy that there is, but there's no doubt that when Nathaniel Hackett was out of that building – Russell Wilson looked a shade like the old Russell Wilson. And I think There's he was no denying that. No, and he's even spoken on it. He respects Dan Quinn a lot as a leader. I think yep. you need to bring in some touch of his old Seattle roots. And Dan Quinn with that defense would be a very good fit. You, I'm telling you, a, a fit with, Quinn, with Quinn and, and bring back Bevel to reunite Russell Wilson, I think that's a great fit for the Denver Broncos. I think they have to go in that direction. I think if you bring in like a Jim Harbaugh and – or Sean Payton, or one of those guys. I don't know. I don't know how Russell meshes with those personalities. Those are very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like they're very sharp rough, personalities. Sharp, alpha. Yeah, like, alpha. That's a great word. I don't think that's Russell's type of guy, and I think that's no. why him and Pete Carroll started to drift apart from each other. Sure. Dan Quinn is not that type of guy. No. So, I think Dan Quinn is I. I think that's the only guy to hire for this job. And I think it would be a good fit, too, for what it's worth. I think they do a really good job. I mean, listen, I hope you're wrong because I want Dan Quinn to be Cowboys defensive coordinator for as long as humanly possible. But I understand that he has done just an unbelievable job with that defense. And he's bound to get head coaching looks eventually because of it. 
is that he's bound to get another chance as a head coach. Absolutely, without a doubt. And then the Houston Texans, there's one name that makes the most sense for this job, and it is, as I said before, it is D'Amico Ryan's ex-Texans linebacker, franchise legend, has done a great job of that 49ers defense. He he is just the guy that makes all the sense in the world. Agreed. I, I would go D'Amico Ryan's. I would go Brian Flores. Um, again, Jim Caldwell. That's probably who I would hire if I ran the franchise. Sure. Um, how about how about this one? I know I know he just signed the new contract with with the Patriots, but given the Patriots roots in the front office in Houston with the uh, GM Nick Casario, what about Gerard Mayo? Nah. I I wonder if they if no. they they've done this a thousand times before. I'm completely convinced. But I, I, I do wonder if they have already said to Gerard Mayo, hey, we're bringing you back because we think you're the next guy after Bill. Maybe. You know what's really crazy is, you know who would be a decent fit for this job, but it obviously won't happen for obvious reasons? It'd be Bill O'Brien. He would be a fit. The offensive coordinator with Bryce Young in Alabama. Yeah. He, he makes so much sense. Kind of does. I mean, you know. But you're also um, you're also throwing all your eggs in that one basket. Like if the Colts trade up, they pass the Texans and they take Bryce Young. I know. Well, they couldn't even tank properly. They could the Texans. exactly. They could Lovey Smith tank also properly. was just Lovey Smith was flipping the bird to the Texans front office. Oh, he knew he knew a hundred percent going into that game against the Colts that he was getting fired. You you yeah. could not tell me otherwise. No, he a hundred percent knew. Um, but those are the names, man. I I, I would go with a coach with offensive experience. That makes sense. Yeah, being a head coach and being out, I think that's the mold for young quarterbacks. But if they didn't, D'Amico Ryan's is one hundred percent their best bet. Yes, I agree. D'Amico Ryan's is the one that just fits like a glove there. Yeah, agreed. All right, do you, do you want to talk a little bit, a little bit of baseball? We could probably get a baseball conversation in fifteen minutes. Why not? All right, so let's talk about let's talk about some Yankees. Talk about some noisy neighbors. Who do you want to start with first? You want to start with the uh, the noisy neighbors? Or you want to start with the Yanks? The noisy neighbors. Sure. Let's start with the noisy neighbors. So the noisy neighbors, they signed Justin Verlander. It's good stuff. Good stuff. It's cool and all. It's cool and all. They thought they had Carlos Correa. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was that was really funny. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. It was a great, um, great time. But the, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. Mets, Mets will be a good team. They have a great rotation. I thought the, the signing of Jose Quintana, I thought that's a really shrewd, really good signing. They had to their rotation. Call it for what it is. But they're still the Mets, and the Mets they, are going to find a way to Mets at the end of the day. And they still can't hit. That's true. I just I don't understand it with them. I mean, the pitching was not their problem last year, and that seems to be the area they've attacked. And I don't know. I just You can make a case that they're a third-place team in that division. Behind the Phillies and the Braves, absolutely sure could. Sure, you can with the improvements that Philly that the Phillies have made and what the what the Braves are continuing to build on. The Braves, the Braves really haven't done anything sizable. They didn't really they didn't need to though. You know what I'm no, saying? No, they they haven't had to. I, I honestly, I think with the Braves bringing in Nick Anderson on that one year deal, that is that's that's just so classic Atlanta. If he gives you get anything. a guy where there is. No risk at all, but his upside, we've seen it. His upside is that he's a 40 50 save closer that gets to an all star game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that was obviously shrewd, but I think Philly, though, 
Trey Turner in this lineup is the, the, the Phillies lineup is the best lineup in the whole NL East. I, I don't think there's much argument about that at the current moment in time. No, there's not. And, and you're bringing back Zach Wheeler. It's just, they're going to be tough, man. They're going to be tough. But yeah, the, the Mets will be a good team. They'll probably be in contention with the NL East, but they're still the Mets at the end of the day. That contract that they gave to Brandon Nemo, eight years, $162 million, I believe it was, off the top of my head. Oh. Why? Why? It almost reminds me of the Knicks giving Mitchell Robinson that big contract. It's like... In a way, with significantly less years and significantly less dollars. It's like, but why? Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody... Like, okay. It wasn't important that the, that the Mets re-signed Brandon Nemo. Sure. But they overpaid that need with the length of the deal and the fact that he is going to be paid almost $20 million a year. I just think that the, every Mets fan's de facto answer to that is, well, you know, it's the Uncle Stevie's money. Okay, uh, it's nothing to him. There's going to come familiar? There's going to come a point, though, where you'll see. Cohen strikes me as the type of guy, though, where if this is not going the way he wants in two years, he's like, what the hell? Like, I'm not getting a return on my investment. Why the hell am I spending my money on this? You know what I'm Cuts saying? Cuts his losses. Cuts his losses. Yeah, but he's also a fan. He's also a fan. So it's like, it's one, it's one thing if it's you or I that's throwing hundreds of millions of dollars into, like, the Colorado Rockies when we are Yankees fans. But for him, it's like he's throwing his money into a team that he grew up loving and still loves. So... Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's also a businessman at the, at the end of the day, and he could see that he's not making you know return on his investment. Sure, um, I don't know. For me, it was it's, it, it, it's a weird one for for the Mets. It's a weird one because I don't think they've got like you said they, they they've gotten better in areas they didn't have to get better in, and yeah, they had to replace Jacob Degrom. All right, I I get it. You do that with Justin Verlander, probably the one of the only sure things in baseball in the regular season. But did 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 you see Justin Verlander pitch in the playoffs? Because I know I did. Well, hey, if he pitched great against the Yankees, that's about it. But who doesn't pitch well, good against the Yankees in the lineup? Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't find God against the Yankees? That doesn't mean anything. Everyone does. Everybody, everybody pitches well against the goddamn Yankees. Speaking of the Yankees, let's talk about him. Let's talk about this. This wonderful offseason that, that the New York Yankees have had. And when I say wonderful, I just mean it's a confusing one in a, in a lot of ways. They've only made three notable signings. Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, and bringing back Tommy Canley. I love Tommy Canley. Well, oh, and, you're and, missed, and Carlos yeah. Rodon. And, and Carlos, Carlos Rodon is a huge one. And Rodon, yeah. Over my head completely. Forget me. And they, and they of course, signed Carlos Rodon. Rodon, that's a big one. That's a big one. Because that is you want to have like if Rodon is healthy, Jake, is there a better one two in baseball than Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon? I mean, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander is probably number one. But outside of that, is there a better one two than Cole and Cole and Rodon? I mean No. I kind of don't think, think of there one. is. 
I can't think of one really off the top of my head. I mean, you know, if you really want to dig deep, I mean, the Marlins maybe with Sandy Alcantara and sure. Pablo Lopez. Maybe, maybe the Dodgers with Walker Bueller and Julio Arias, maybe. Maybe. Who knows with Walker Bueller if he's even going to. If he's even going to pitch. Yeah, sure. Um, Maybe, maybe Seattle with Luis Castillo, which is definitely the guy the Yankees should have went and got instead of Frankie fucking Montas. Yeah. God help us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the the Yankees really improved their pitching staff by a lot. I mean, not these, these were very, very big improvements to their pitching staff, but I just can't help but ignore the fact that we didn't lose in the playoffs to the Astros. And we haven't been losing to the playoffs, losing in the playoffs to the Astros due to pitching. We've lost because we can't hit. Mm-hmm. So why are we bringing back the same exact cast of characters? Josh Donaldson is still here. Yep. Aaron Hicks is still here. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Connor Falefa is still here. Yep. What are we doing? Where are the bats? Where's the contact you know? hitting? Where are the well, gu- where are the guys that are going to slap singles all around the park? This is the problem that I have with the New York Yankees, and it's a problem that I've had with the Yankees now for the last three years. They are the complete opposite style of baseball that I like. And I know buyers can't be choosers. I get it. Beggars can't be choosers. I completely messed up the idiom, but you got it. The Yankees, they play, They want to play the long ball. They have Judge. They have Stanton. They bring in Rizzo. Those guys are all going to be hitting 30-plus home runs. Got it. I get it. But then outside of that, you're going to have guys that are surrounding them that are going to be hitting at a maximum, at a maximum, with the exception of DJ LeMayhew and Harrison Bader, that are going to be hitting maximum of 250. That, doesn't, that doesn't hold in a playoff yeah. series. It just doesn't. No, I mean, the three, big, the three big areas that I just have such a gripe with them about is Josh Donaldson, Aaron Hicks, and they need a catcher. I like Jose Trevino as a, as a backup catcher, but Christian Vasquez was out there. Yep. Could have signed him. He's an excellent defensive catcher. He's gotten tons of clutch hits. I mean, we should know as Yankee fans, he kills the Yankees. Yep. Didn't get a ton of money. Got what, three years, $32 million from the Twins? Correct. We couldn't give him that? Uh, agreed. So that was piss poor, in my opinion. I, I We continue to neglect catcher for some odd reason since Jorge Posada retired. Would you would you have made, it, made a run looking now at what the Cubs gave Cody Bellinger? No, Would I hate you Bellinger. consider making a run at that? No, Bellinger sucks. I don't want him. Okay. Now, would I have? I think Vasquez is really the hitter that I would have won after. But looking back at it, what, I'm not really looking back at it, but how about making some trades for, you know, you look around the league, guys that could become available. We need to make some type of creative trade with Josh Donaldson's money. Brian Reynolds, I, I get a lot of Yankee fans are very big on him. A lot of Yankee fans are big on him after, and they haven't seen him play more than 10 games, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm not the big, honestly, I'm more annoyed that they didn't go that extra year with Andrew Benintendi. I liked him last year a lot. And we barely got to see him. And we barely got to see him. I don't love, I mean, I like Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald Cabrera. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, Oswaldo is Oswaldo. But I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a bench guy. I think he's a utility man. Yes. Jack of all trades. They need a left fielder. He's a he's a younger version of Marwin Gonzalez. But they're getting very cheap, though, man. George Steinbrenner, you think he's allowing Aaron Hicks to finish out that contract? Bye-bye. 
rolling over in his grave. Ro- Josh Donaldson, you think Josh? You think jo- how do you think George Steinbrenner would have felt seeing Josh Donaldson smiling in a dugout after striking uh, out? I think he would have been in his office the next morning getting chewed have- out. So they need to get creative in in some capacity, man. I don't know what the hell that is, but uh, it's not good enough right now. They have to get creative. And they mean, hey, why why are we surprised? Because they brought back Aaron Boone. Well, I got nothing for you there. I mean, and they gave him a new contract. You look around the league at all the teams that are good. They all have good managers. Cora. Hmm? Uh, Dusty Baker. I mean, Dusty Baker. Baseball Dave guy. Dave, Ro- Dave Roberts. Uh, who's the manager of the Braves again? I forgot the guy's name. Uh, Brian Snicker. Brian Snicker. You know who I've always wanted to be the Yankee manager? Kevin Cash. Always. Oh, I've said it for years. I've said always, it for years. He, he, would, he wouldn't get along well with Brian Cashman. No, of course not. Computer people. So no. that ain't happening. Oh, no. Oh, no. They you know should have else? just never. They should never fire Joe Girardi. Honestly, no. They never should have fired Joe Girardi. They never should have fired him. I mean, who I would love. I don't know if I would love him back. You know, as a manager, but I know he's with the Blue Jays. But how do you how do you not bring back Donnie Baseball in some capacity? Uh, I know. Well, the like, Yankees' relationship with him is done. Me? Yeah, it was done when they didn't give him the managerial job after Joe Torre because Mattingly was the guy in waiting after Torre for all those years. Yep. And they passed on him for Joe Girardi. That was the end of that relationship. Um, but yeah, I agree. I would love him to be the manager. But the guy to me, though, would be like, go get Kevin Cash from the Rays. I think Kevin Cash would be the type of guy that put the game. Because the manager in baseball does matter. I don't care what anybody tells me. Um, It yes matters. And yes, and Coaching no. matters in sports, bro. I, I agree and I disagree to a point. Because... I think you look at look at what the Mets did when they brought in Buck. They brought in a baseball guy. They brought in a guy that Steve Cohen said, all right, I will give you the tools at your disposal. I will provide you with the tools. Build me a palace. And in year one, he was able to do that. Now, granted... That was with a significant amount of funds to play with. But Buck Showalter was able to do it. And I think you ask any Met fan under the sun, you're not going to find one that's saying, oh, yeah, Buck Showalter, year one, that was an absolute mess. None of them. You ask a Yankee fan how they feel about Aaron Boone, you're going to find at least, if you if you line up 100 Yankee fans, you're going to find more than 70 that'll say Aaron Boone is a fucking disgrace. Yeah, no. The the Yankee fans don't like Aaron Boone. No, no. I think that has been proven time and time again. There is a, a severe disconnect between what the Yankee fans want and the product that they are putting out onto the field. Yeah, and listen, they're a 100-win team again. That's the craziest part about the whole grand scheme of things. We talk about them as if they're like a below 500 team. They're going to win 100 games and win the AL East next year again. But are they going yes. to win the world? The goal is not winning the AL East or going to the playoffs. The goal is to win the World Series. Correct. And we're not close to that goal as currently constructed. Correct. Uh, and there's something else that just came uh, through my phone here. Um, 
from some NBA news, get some quick a quick reaction on this one. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are closing in on a trade for John Collins. Wow. John John Collins has just been rumored to be traded for like two years now? Correct. It is supposedly a three-team deal, Cleveland, Atlanta, and the Utah Jazz. Interesting. I'm not seeing anything about that. It is from, let's see if I can get you the source here, it is from Mark Stein. He's reliable. Yes, Mark Stein. He is definitely reliable. So there you go. There's your bit of bit of NBA news. But that, there, there's your piece for Cleveland. We talked about this last week. Cleveland might need one more one more piece. I wonder. I wonder in this deal if Evan Mobley might be moved. I think John Collins kind of sucks, to be honest with you. I do. <laughs> I've never thought him, he was any good. You add you add him to that uh, that Cleveland team. He may not ha- he may not have to be super dynamic. We'll just have to see. I we think it's Karis LeVert that's getting moved. That's what people are saying. It probably will be. It probably will be Karis LeVert. Honestly, gets, Karis LeVert gets moved again. Yeah, I'm seeing it here. Interesting. Yeah, it's a nice note to end on. Nice little <laughs> note to end on. And thank you, as always, for listening to the Basement Talk podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms. Subscribe, leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the program. What we're planning on doing is once a month on this show, and I know Jake is going to absolutely love this, but once a month on this show, and we'll we'll, we'll take a week where we do two recordings, um, we're going to be doing a monthly mailbag where you can ask us anything you want under the sun. It could be about any sport, anything, any topic. It doesn't even be about sports. It could be about life, whatever you want, because we are we – are, uh, we're smart people here. We can help you out with all your life problems. Um, but yes, I think the, the the current plan for that, when I was looking through everything, is I think that that two a week uh, schedule. We were probably going to start that at the end at the end of the month. So every every month at the very end that week, we will be recording two episodes of the Basement Talk podcast. One will be a regular box standard Basement Talk podcast where we talk about everything, and the other one will be a mailbag. So. Right now, the tentative plan will be the week of January 30th. That's two weeks to record uh, a mailbag, a general mailbag about anything that you want. So start submitting your questions, and we will absolutely get to them in in two weeks. But that's just uh, something that we'll be doing on the podcast because we know how much the mailbag was loved and is loved by by the people. We love helping the people. So anything you want to submit to the mailbag, the email links are always in the episode descriptions. Send in your emails, send in your questions, and we'll be more than happy to answer them in two weeks. Cool. Portland, we love you. So for Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.